Greetings everybody. Today we were spe speaking on the power of the cross, the second part. And we're starting Colossians 2, 13 to 14. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that were against us, which were contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We are speaking of what Jesus did for us on the cross and Colossians 2.15 goes on to say, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he now made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. When Jesus rose from the dead, he disarmed all principalities and powers. What does this mean? Let us read. How man was supposed to live. This time from Hebrews 2, 6-9. But one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honour. You have set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. But we do see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone and this is for everyone that receives him as Lord and Savior let's look at it a little closer for this has got the emphasis added for in him that he put all in subjection under him he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see things put under him, but we see Jesus, who has made it lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Now Jesus had power over the following. He had power over creation. It was the first miracle Jesus ever did. He turned water into wine. He could also walk on water, calm the storm, and feed 5,000 with only five small loaves and two small fishes. And then he told his disciples to gather up the crumbs, resulting in them gathering up 12 baskets full. Let's look at what Matthew eight twenty six. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. 
Jesus had power over creation. Jesus did miracles with creation and gives us the power to perform miracles as well. But we seldom see one. In 1983, we ran a youth club in the Transguy in South Africa. And more children came that than were in, that had booked in and there was a shortage of food. And us 17 people stayed an extra day because we had long, long hours to travel because the Transguy is between Natal and the Cape. And it's about four hours drive to get either way, minimum, to the nearest shop or petrol station. So the next morning, um, we only had a bit of cereal left in the packet and our host said grace as normal and decided she'd give us a teaspoon for each. So she put out the 17 bowls, gave us a teaspoon for each and still seeing there's some left, gave us a second spoon for each and seeing some left, she gave us a third spoon for each, a fourth spoonful, a fifth spoonful, a sixth spoonful until all 17 bowls were full with a full breakfast of cereal and there's still the same amount left in the cereal. And we suddenly realised a miracle had happened. God had multiplied the breakfast cereal and it tasted the same as the breakfast cereal that was originally there. Jesus also had power over demons and sickness. He drove out the demons wherever he went and healed all who came to him. It is interesting that Jesus dealt with deliverance and healing in a similar way. That is because both come from the devil. Matthew 8.16 says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Today, Jesus will still drive out demons and heal the sick. That is when he can find someone who believes him and has a faith to walk in the area of deliverance and healing. In Africa, I've watched God heal and deliver many people. Once a hundred people came forward for deliverance and the Lord told me to treat them in the same way as for the sick. So I pointed and said, every demonic spirit, every witchcraft spirit, every curse, every demonic thing, leave these people now in Jesus' name. And I stood back in amazement as 80 people were instantly set free. Some screamed, others fell to the floor. And after five minutes, 80 people raised their hands, having been delivered, and were went to sit down. I then prayed for the last few individuals until we all were set free. After I prayed for the sick, I told them to, the others that were sick to put their own hand on their sickness or their pain and receive their healing in Jesus' name. There were five blind people healed that morning, plus many suffering from other sicknesses. Jesus is still healing the sick today. And he's waiting for others to move in this area and pray for the sick as well. Jesus had power to forgive sin. Matthew 9, 2 says, And behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on the bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Jesus had power to raise the dead. And he healed 
Lazarus, after four days, as it says in John 14, uh, 11, 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came forth. Jesus did something even more incredible than that. For he himself rose from the dead after three days in complete victory over every sin, every sickness, and over death itself. And Jesus today is still raising the dead and can use anyone to do it. One day at Blantyre Hospital, one of our people couldn't get in the front entrance. So he went to the back entrance through the mortuary and there's a dead man on his right. And Jesus said to him, go and pray for that dead man. Well, he'd never done anything like this before. He was only one of our students. And he went up to the dead, dead man and he said to the dead man, if you're supposed to live, then in the name of Jesus, sit up. And the dead man sat up, <coughs> totally healed. The whole hospital praised God and they kept the man in three days for observation. But when God heals and raises the dead, you can know that they are perfectly restored. So what did Jesus dying on the cross result for us? One, the breaking of the power of sin and death. Jesus' death on the cross became necessary following the fall because God had made it clear that anyone who sinned, even once, would be cut off from heaven forever. Once they physically died, that no one could ever redeem themselves by any method whatsoever. The only cure would be the death of a sinless person who by dying took on himself the punishment that would otherwise have to be paid by the sinner. That's us. And God said, the soul who sins shall die. That's Ezekiel eighteen twenty. But God did something about it. He sent his only son, Jesus, who was fully God as well as being fully man, was perfect, sinless, therefore able to become the sacrifice. And he died on our behalf, taking upon himself our punishment. He died in our place. And through this, he allowed man to crucify him to the cross. He went down to the devil and cancelled that agreement that Adam and Eve made with the devil for those who will believe and receive him as Lord and Saviour. He's given us free choice. He does it for those who receive him. Then he rose from the dead in total and complete victory over every sin, every sickness and every demonic thing. But we still see sin, sickness and death all around us. We've got free choice. We can carry on living in sin, sickness or death. Or we can receive what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Receive that he has died in our place. It is Jesus, the name of Jesus that saves us. There's no other way. 
only through receiving Jesus as Lord and Saviour are we set free from sin when he forgives our sins, from sickness as he heals our bodies, and from death as he gives us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that those who believe in him shall not die, but shall have everlasting life. The power of those words that set us free. And if there's anyone here who has not yet received Jesus as Lord and Saviour and would like to receive him now, would you say this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Please forgive me for every sin I've ever done. I want to follow you in truth and righteousness. I want to follow you in truth and righteousness. Every day of my life. Every day of my life. Please come into my heart and life as my Lord and Saviour. Please come into my heart and life as Lord and Saviour. Please baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Please baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you've said that prayer, you have chosen eternal life. You've chosen to receive and believe what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Get yourself a Bible. Join a church or Christian fellowship and tell someone what you've done. And if you are sick, I'd like you to also be healed of your body. So lay your hand on your sickness or your pain and say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Jesus. place your hand upon my hand. And I will be healed. And I will be healed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now receive your healing in Jesus' name. Because God loves you so much. This is reality. This is truth. You can receive your healing in Jesus' name. If you will receive it and make it yours. Receive it. Be healed. And there's many of you being healed right now in Jesus' name. Remember, Jesus loves you so, so much. So, I say goodbye to you now. Till next time. And this is Suzanne Pillins. Get us on our website, www.suzannesministries.co.uk That's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-S ministries.co.uk God bless you.